Good Tuesday afternoon, guys. Great day to be alive in downtown Charlottesville. My name is Jerry Miller, and it's the I Love Seville show, live about a mile and change from the University of Virginia, a block from the Charlottesville Police Department, a block away from the Albemarle County Courthouse, the Charlottesville Courthouse, a block off the downtown mall, smack dab in the middle of the hedge funds, the finance firms, the law firms, the banks. The heartbeat of Charlottesville, Virginia. So much to cover on today's program. We got vacancy rates from the Economic um, Development Office of the City of Charlottesville. And, and they've highlighted or they've done some spin doctoring that vacancy rates have rebounded. And they're as strong as they've been since before the pandemic. That's the Economic Office of the City of Charlottesville's message that it wants to put out there. I'm going to dig a bit deeper and ask this question. Are the vacancy rates that are out, and we will relay them to you shortly, actually indicative of a healthy Charlottesville economy? In particular, a healthy Charlottesville economy from a Main Street or a locally owned business standpoint. Judah, you know, dotted the I's and crossed the T's, or is it hit the nose on the head, Judah? Is that the saying? No. I always butcher it, the saying. Hit the nail on the head. It's not the nose on the head? Is uh, that a Yogi Bearism? Possibly. Judah hit the nose on the head by them. asking the question, is it just big box brands that are filling the vacancies? And if it's the big box brands that are filling the vacancies, is that truly indicative of a healthy economy? We'll talk about that on today's program. I want to talk about this. There was a, a transformer in downtown Charlottesville, and I'm not talking... Um, Optimus Prime. Thank you. My son would love that I'm highlighting... That's the yellow one? No, that's Bumblebee. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Which one's Optimus Prime? My son loves Optimus Prime, our son. He's oh. the blue and red one that leads the oh, you, Transformers. You, you unzipped the Ann Wickhauer original. Was it to show the red shirt underneath or just to be a little more cool in your attire for the viewers and listeners and your fans? Because when I moved your car, it was bloody cold outside. Oh, it's bloody cold outside. We got an Englishman over here. And of course, you had to throw in the fact that you had to move my car in downtown Charlottesville for the viewers and listeners for some, uh, for some empathy from the viewers and listeners. Um, you're the, the jack of all trades here at the I Love Seville Network. Mm. This is the question we're going to ask here. Optimus Prime and Bumblebee were hit by a food lion truck in downtown Charlottesville. And when Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, the transformer, were struck by this food lion truck, much of Charlottesville lost power and internet. I'll ask this question. What is a more damning uh, or more significant impact to one's everyday life? The power or the internet? Obviously, they're one and the same. We'll talk about that on today's show. I had a conversation with my son. We're cleaning the house. We're doing some purging, some early spring cleaning, some decluttering, if you may. And some DVDs were in the closet that spilled out of a box. And he pointed to the DVDs and said, what are those? He opened the DVDs and saw the actual circular disc of DVDs and said, what the heck are these? Are they Frisbees? And started throwing them around the room. And I'm like, those are my prized DVDs. Oh, my DVD copy of Color of Money with Tom Cruise and Paul Newman. I'm, I'm a huge pool fan, shoot, shooting pool, not swimming pool. And I think the best pool movie of all time is Tom Cruise as Vincent and Paul Newman as Eddie Felsen 
and the color of money. Love that movie. Throwing it around as if it was a Frisbee. I want to talk about my kid not knowing what DVDs are. How about Dave Matthews Band getting nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? We have that story for you. And we'll ask you, what's your best Dave Matthews story? We all have one that live in Charlottesville. Craig Littlepage, the former athletics director at the University of Virginia, correction, director of athletics, was on the Jerry and Jerry show this morning, one of the best shows we've ever done regardless of the show. You can find the show, the Jerry and Jerry show, wherever you get the podcasting uh, content of your choice or your social media of your choice. Mr. Littlepage was fantastic. We're going to play a clip on today's program of the behind the scenes of hiring Tony Bennett. Craig Littlepage hired Tony Bennett and Brian O'Connor, two of the most impactful coaches in University of Virginia athletics history. Mr. Littlepage shaped UVA athletics in his time on the job. We'll talk about that. And happy birthday, John Blair. Should we sing happy birthday? Judah, I'm going to put you on the spot. John Blair, we're going to sing happy birthday to this man. What is John Blair? John, if I had a guess, genuinely, I would say you are 40 years old for John Blair. What would you guess John Blair's age to be? That's a good guess. Can we get his photo on screen, number two in the family? And Judah, are you going to lead the happy birthday song to John Blair? Sure. The show is yours, Judah. Do I have to sing with you, or are you just going to sing it solo? You can sing it with me. Okay, on three. Three. We don't have to go through the whole thing. We don't want to actually lose viewers. And listeners. Happy birthday, go. Happy birthday John Blair. to you. John Blair. Happy birthday John Blair. to you. John Blair. Do you want to keep going? Happy birthday to you, John Blair. Sincerely, John, we appreciate you. We love you. Um, you're good people. We appreciate you making the program better with your thoughts and your perspective. Uh, we're fortunate mm-hmm. to have you um, in the Charlottesville community. Um, and, and, you know, a business owner and a taxpayer in the city of Charlottesville can only wish that one day you become the city manager of this fine and fair city. And I sincerely mean that. You have a beautiful family, a wonderful son. Um, Happy birthday, John Blair. Um, Lead of the program, Charlottesville Office of Economic Development. Vacancy rates are rebounding, they say. Mm -hmm. The vacancy rate, the daily progress reports in the city's six major shopping districts dropped 3% in the six months between July of last year and this past January. The Daily Progress reports this. Now at 4.2%, the vacancy rate is the lowest it has been since before the pandemic, according to a recent report conducted by the Charlottesville Office of Economic Development. The Charlottesville Office of Economic Development highlights Matt Johnson, the City Assistant Director of Economic Development. He says the overall number, 4.22% for January 2024, is the lowest we've seen post-pandemic. Some of that is due to the fact that there's continued viewing of Charlottesville as being a good place to do business, especially for retail stores wanting to move here, end quote. That's what I want to unpack. He says, especially for retail stores wanting to move here. You know what that means? That means stores moving from out of the <clears throat> the area that want to that want to uh, capitalize on all the people coming into the area. From- and what kind of stores are those? 
high-end stores. And what kind of stores are those? Expensive. I'm looking for a key word here. Oh. What kind of stores move in from outside the area to Charlottesville? You're talking about big box brands. There it is. There it is. We unpack the language from the Office of Economic Development. That's the story that's missing in today's daily progress. When the assistant director of economic development is quoting is quoted as saying, as being a good place to do business, especially for retail stores wanting to move in here, he's talking big box brands moving in here, yeah. capitalizing, as Judah just mentioned, on the wealth and disposable income in the Charlottesville area, and perhaps being the only ones left that can afford rents that are escalating and have maintained through COVID. The rents have not been impacted or were not impacted by COVID. The landlords, and this happens when you have few of them. There's essentially three, three and a half, four people that own the University of Virginia corner. Tip Top Terry is one of them. Hunter Craig's one of them. Downtown malls owned by seven, eight people. Literally, seven, eight people own most of the downtown mall. Barracks Road Shopping Center, owned by a publicly traded company, Federal Realty. Shops at Stonefield, owned by a REIT. Owned by, I would call it, private equity firm outside of New York. Your primary shopping districts now, Stonefields in Almoral County. Your primary shopping districts in the city of Charlottesville are the eight blocks we call the downtown mall. Seven, eight people own the downtown mall. Your second primary shopping district in the city of Charlottesville is Federal Realty. That's owned by a publicly traded company, one company. And the UVA corner that's owned by three, three and a half, four people. When power and decision-making and ownership is aggregated, it's congregated by few, rental rates aren't going to drop. And as the pandemic decimated locally owned businesses, in particular businesses that were deemed unessential by government, by lawmakers, by regulators, the nerve of government and lawmakers and regulators to tell us that our businesses were unessential and to basically put the, is it deaf nail? Deaf nail? No. Deaf nail? No. Like, hit the nose on the head? Like Bell, but with a K and an N. What Judah said. What Judah said. The nerve. That's the story that went missing in today's report. I also wonder how... Closely, that is, we're not, uh, we're, we didn't include this in today's discussion, but uh, the fact that uh, the state is slashing school budgets for uh, Charlottesville and Albemarle County. Oh, where do you want to go with that, Judah? Well, I wonder how closely that's tied with what's going on with, uh, with the, what you're talking about. If uh, we've got a lot of, if we've got a lot of big, big box brands moving in to capture the the growing uh, wealth of this area, it doesn't tell the whole story because obviously 
not all of us are, you know, it's not like we're all getting, getting rich down here in Charlottesville. Uh, so if the, uh, if the, what, AMI is going up? Big time up. 2022, the HUD uh, AMI median, 123.3, $123,300 per household. Which may have something to do with the fact that uh, Loudoun County is now going to be receiving more school state funding than Albemarle County and Charlottesville. Unpack it some more, Judah. Because oh, my gosh. Judah's about to make a multi-prong point on this program. I'm listening. I'll stop talking. Because of the way – I don't and I don't, underst- I don't fully understand how they, uh, how they calculate the numbers, but uh, state – let's see. State basis is the – it's called LCI. Um, and local composite index factors – Factors it on uh, <clears throat> property value, average income, and student population. So, obviously, I don't have all those numbers, so I'm not sure why our areas are receiving less money. But the fact that Loudoun County, one of the richest counties in the country, has a lower score than Charlottesville and Albemarle County and will be receiving more state funding for their, for their schools is, I mean, obviously there's an imbalance in the calculation somewhere. Should I give you a flying chest bump? If you want to knock me out of the screen. You want a flying chest bump? Not really. But. John Blair says he's 46 years old. He says we're too kind. Thank you to Judah for the amazing rendition. You and Judah do a wonderful job every day, and the city of Charlottesville is lucky to have you both. Thank you, John Blair. We feel the same about you. Thank you. Ginny Hu watching the program. Did we get John's photo on screen? We did. Ginny Hu, let's get her photo on screen. She says this, they can say whatever they want about vacancy rates. We can see what is happening to local businesses with our own eyes. She also says, I find that really interesting after all the issues were brought to light in Loudoun County schools as well, Judah. First, let me go vacancy rates. Deep throat, I'm getting to your comments in a matter of moments. Philip Dow, I'm getting to your comments in a matter of moments. Bill McChesney, I'm getting to your comments in a matter of moments. This show is on fire. It's blowing up. First, the vacancy rates, then the internet outage, then we talk DVDs, we also talk Dave Matthews, Craig Littlepage. Is it truly a healthy economy if the vacancies, the storefronts, are being filled by big box brands that are not tied to the area? Look at the UVA corner and ask yourself if you recognize it anymore. Yes, the big box brands are filling empty storefronts, and yes, the big box brands are generating sales tax revenue. Yes, the big box brands are hiring and offering job opportunities. But please consider the full picture, the total picture. The big box brands are the first to lay off, the, the big box brands are the first to use technology and innovation to replace human capital from a job standpoint. Kiosks, AI, touch screens, the big box brands. Was kiosk, did I say that wrong? Is that why you're smirking? Yeah. Nose on the head? Yeah. Death the, nail? Hit the nose on the head. <laughs> Millerisms. They're Millerisms. 
the big box brands least likely to donate to local nonprofits. The big box brands the least likely to offer intel and education when shopping in person because the big box brands are staffed most often by non-owners who have less of a commitment to the success or tenure or longevity of the business. The big box brands, the ones lacking the institutional knowledge of the city or the town or the region, the big box brands, the ones that you can find on any main street or market street in America, Is the health of the economy truly stronger now than it was before the pandemic when we have big box brands that have filled the storefront as the Office of Economic Development has indicated? Or would you say the health of the economy was stronger prior to the pandemic when more more locally owned businesses had success, visibility, tenure, and longevity? Yeah. More statistics for you from the Daily Progress. There's six major shopping districts in the city. The downtown mall, the UVA corner, Seminole Seminole Square Shopping Center, Barracks Road Shopping Center, McIntyre Plaza, and Preston Plaza. The vacancy rate on the downtown mall, the daily progress reports, in the heart of the city fell from 5.79% in July to 3.14%. Seminole Square saw the largest drop in vacancy from 15.5% in July to 4% in January. Barracks Road, McIntyre, and The Corner all saw their vacancy rates rise, but not enough to tilt the overall market. Barracks lost Judah. Rebecca's Natural Food, locally owned, and Fink's Jeweler, and replace them with Bath and Body Works, American Eagle, Phoenix Salons, is it Ari? I, I almost called it Ariola. <laughs> Ari, Ari, and Playa Bowls. You are literally seeing on the UVA corner raising canes. Enter the picture. Yep. I ask this question before we get off the topic. Is the economy stronger, truly and genuinely, with big box brands filling the vacancies? Or as Ginny Hu has said, we all see what is happening. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think it's I mean <clears throat> obviously it's good obviously it's good to have those empty spots filled and obviously it's good to have businesses that hopefully will be sticky. Uh they're not going to a lot of these places are less likely to uh have financial troubles end up uh you know, closing the doors a month or 6 months or a year down the line. Um, but it definitely changes the complexion of of our locality, Bingo. and not necessarily for the better. Bingo on on point today, on point, Judah Wickhauer, on point. That walk in the cold over there to move the company vehicle may have, may be a common occurrence. 
This is when you say... I'll take it. This is when you say it is a common occurrence. Yeah. Philip Dow watching the program. He says in Scottsville, let's get Philip's photo on screen. I saw that. Just had a meeting with my financial uh, manager. He said, as everything is looking up in the market and the market is booming. I said, yeah, right. We're just getting back what we lost. With the political environment, mm -hmm. it's going to go back down. Democratic leadership nationally, I hear on Squawk on the Street this morning, saying Joe Biden is the best opportunity we have to beat Donald Trump. That's why Biden's on the ticket. Andrew Ross Sorkin asked, why not consider another Democrat to hold the flag to challenge Trump? Democratic leadership says we don't have another one that can beat Trump. Sadly, we're heading into a buzzsaw of an election. A buzzsaw. Now, how about the conversation this morning, or I guess it started last night, about the power outage in downtown Charlottesville? A food, a food lion truck hit a transformer, Optimus Prime, causing power and internet outages for thousands of homes in the city. To the point it goes viral on Reddit, viral on Twitter, viral on Facebook, viral on Instagram. One of our tenants in the Macklin building, first thing he said when he walked into this building, we have 29 of them, do we have internet? Busted out his phone and looking for the Wi-Fi. You know who it was? Was it Wes? It was Wes. How did you know it was Wes? He's here almost as early as I am in the morning. I think you characterized him well enough that I knew who you were talking about. Wes a good guy. Good guy. Yeah, he's fun. One of the most talented patent attorneys there is in this marketplace. Been with us for four or five years. Put in perspective the damning nature of an internet outage. Is it essentially on the same level as a power outage in 2024? Just about. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. An internet outage is on the same level of damning in 2024 as having no electricity. In fact, I'll throw this question to you, the viewer and listener. Would you rather have electricity or would you, or would you rather have internet? How many of you would say, I'll give up the lights, I will give up the heat, and I'll give up the hot water as long as I can have a Wi-Fi signal. I would bet you if we polled the viewers and listeners, 90% of the viewers and listeners would take internet over lights, heat, hot water, coffee. Disagree with that? That's a tough one. They're so closely tied. No way, Jose. Internet crippling. Electricity? Let's light up some candles. We'll take a cold bath. 30 seconds, invigorate ourselves, get things going in the right direction with some goosebumps in the morning. I'll drink a little iced coffee. Internet? What the hell can you do if you don't have it? Seriously, Deep Throat, let's get his photo on screen. Fantastic representation of Deep Throat. Let us know when his picture's on the screen, Judah. He says, Charlottesville cannot call itself a tech hub when a single ding-dong in a truck hitting one pole can take out 30,000 internet customers. I have had a wonderful experience with Ting overall, but no generator at the data center, no failover to a second truck line. I mean, in the wilds of Montana at my house, I have redundant internet 
with each provider running off a different power network and different main truck providers. You cannot be a tech hub with a single fiber provider with one truck line out. This is a joke. He said, we had a massive forest fire in Montana, burned down several houses near mine, caused major evacuation, 10,000 acres burned, power out, but I never lost the internet. The power, the fiber is buried all the way to the central office. Cabinets have battery backup. Here we have some, ta- here we have some tangle of fiber on poles with no redundancy. Everything is above ground here. We saw this in the winter a few years ago when the ice storm got so bad, it crippled the city and much of Albemarle County. Yeah. And Dominion could do nothing about it because the lines were above ground. We went at our house like five or six days without electricity and internet. Remember? Carly Wagner watched the program. Let's get her photo on screen. C Wags. What's C Wags' viewer ranking here? C Wags, you are three in the family. We've had one, two, three, and four comment today. C Wags says this depends on the weather and the time of day, but you need power for your router, so hope you have a generator. For us, when the power is out, our internet is out. She makes say, a good point. I was going to say the same thing. It, but it was more of a hypothetical. Yeah. You know what I meant. I, I knew it was a hypothetical. There are also times when, uh, for instance, the other day my, uh, my internet wasn't working, and so I just turned on my – I turned off Wi-Fi on my phone. So I was getting, uh, you know, just getting, getting internet from my provider. Your hotspot. Instead of my, instead of my Wi-Fi. And then walked upstairs and unplugged the router and plugged it back in and – Nora Gaffney watching the program. What's Nora's ranking in the family? Nora is, get her photo on screen if you can. Nora Gaffney is ranked 35 in the polls. Love this photo of Nora Gaffney in the family. Put Mm -hmm. her picture on. My Netflix went out and I picked up a great book last night. I would rather have electricity, Nora says. Yeah. I got plenty of books to read. (laughs) I'll take the electricity. I'll take the internet. Think I'm, you think I'm joking. I will take the I internet all day, joking. every day, and twice on Sunday. And you know I'm not joking. I know you're not what's joking. My, what's your average time on, on phone? Do you have that timer that shows up on your iPhone and lets you know how much you spent on average per day? I've uh, never looked for that. You've never looked it up? I guess we, we're not going to put that on the never, never have I done thing list for Judah Woodcower. <laughs> Screen time. You're not gonna, what do you think mine is? Uh, per day? For a regular day? I would... Granted, this is how we make our living. I make all, I do, I'm on this because of deal making and content creation. I'm gonna go with an even half of the day, 12 hours. Damn. So, deb- that's like a low blow insult. What? Eight and a half hours a day. You know me well. Eight and a half hours a day on the phone. Carly Wagner says, Judah, that's what I have to do anytime I'm driving around town. Too many Xfinity networks trying to grab my phone on Wi-Fi, which it can't really connect to, so I turn my Wi-Fi off and just do my cellular data. Yeah. See, Wags, we love when you watch the program. John Blair's birthday. Happy birthday, John Blair. Vanessa Parkhill watching the show. VP. Queen of Earliesville, what is her ranking in the family? Number six in the polls. 
We've had one, two, three, four, and six comment on the show so far. She says all lines should be buried. All lines yeah. should be buried in the no ground. Doubt. Totally agree. Deep throat highlighting uh, the ding-dong nature of Charlottesville, if you may. Mm-hmm. Ginny Hu says, a Gen Xer here. I grew up on a well, so if the power went out, we had no water. Give me water over internet any day of the week. Yeah, not having water is rough. How about, and, and speaking of generational gaps, put the generational chart on screen. Our son is a kindergartner. He's almost six years old. He's got a birthday coming up, a big birthday for our big boy. Few things in life make me happier than spending time with our sons. I sincerely, sincerely mean that. Like, as our oldest has gotten older, I have enjoyed his company even more. We went to a high school girls basketball game last week. A high school girls basketball game and thoroughly enjoyed it together. Nice. I love spending time with our sons, and the older they've gotten, the more I've enjoyed them. Is that, is that, like I love our 14-month-old dearly, but with our five, soon-to-be six-year-old, he's just this little person that can give back. He came into the office yesterday because he didn't have school, and Judah and I were going back at it, back and forth. Did you hear what he said? Uh, probably. I was being a tad too bossy. You oh, know, yeah. Did you hear what he said? Yeah, that was hilarious. What do you think? What did he I say? I don't remember the exact words, but uh, it made me laugh. He was, I was being a tad too bossy with Judah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, sometimes I can be a little short, which I'm sure the viewers and listeners have seen. <laughs> and he said, Dad, come on, snap out of it. Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked over and, I, and it was our son. Saying, snap out of it, Dad. And I said, you're, you're right, son. You're right. It was a saucy snap out of it, too. <laughs> Dude, he's going to be the snappiest of all the Millers. We're purging. We're doing some cleaning, some spring cleaning for a potential move. Not to get too personal. Considering listing our home. Long story short, we're decluttering. Marie As we're de- Kondo. What's that? Marie Kondo. <laughs> does, this, does this spark joy? I have no idea how that pertains to what we're talking about right now. It 100% pertains to exactly what you're talking about. Explain. Uh, it's, some, it's some lady who has this, uh, this system where you basically declutter your house by going through everything and everything that you, that you pick up, you ask yourself, does this spark joy? If it doesn't spark joy, throw it out. Hmm. Should I say that to my wife with all the purses that she owns? <laughs> Definitely. What, what do I say to her? Honey, does this spark joy? No, the <laughs> phrase you used. Does this spark joy? Murray Kondo. That's not a phrase. That's the lady's name. Oh, God. I thought that was the phrase. No, her name is, I think her name is Marie Kondo. I think with a K. Oh, it's Marie Kondo. Yeah. I thought it was one word, Marie Kondo. No, no. Death nail. Hit the nose on the head. <laughs> Death nail. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. We're decluttering and a box of DVDs from somewhere deep in the house <laughs> falls down and some of the DVDs falls on the ground. Color of Money, 
with Fast Eddie Felsen, Paul Newman, Vincent, Tom Cruise, and the, and the DVD falls down. Our oldest son picks up the DVD, which is in the DVD box, opens the DVD box, and he sees a circular silver disc, literally looks at the circular silver disc and says, what is this? Grabs the circular silver disc, and throws it across the room as if it was a Frisbee. He goes, is this a Frisbee or what those things are called? What are they, flying saucers? And I immediately smacked my hand on the forehead and said, oy vey. Wait till you see my, DV- Wait till you see my, my VCR collection. <laughs> Wait till you see my VHS collection. Yeah. Wait till you see my Brian Adams cassette tape. Yeah. My MC Hammer cassette tape. Too legit to quit. Too legit. And we have a conversation about DVDs. And you know what he says to me? You weren't. I have no idea Dad, what he says to me. Why would you take a flying saucer to play a movie? Oh, just sweet summer child. <laughs> just stream it on Netflix. Yep. Just search for it on Prime. If you if you think or about get it, Peacock. Dad. If you think about it, it's scary. Like we, literally, that's what he said. When I hear the phrase, you know, there's the uh, you'll uh, you'll own nothing, and oh. and you'll be happy. You'll own nothing, and all you'll do is pay licensing or monthly membership fees for every experience in your life. Think about it. Think about it. But the thing is, we're being conditioned to do exactly that. Think about it. Think about it. Let's hope another food lion truck doesn't hit the transformer out there. Is that way Charlottesville's finest is out there? I saw Chief Cotches this morning. We gave each other the point that George Clooney of policing is doing a fantastic job in the city of Charlottesville. Do we even hear about crime anymore in the Charlottesville, Virginia? Not since Cotches took the job. Let's talk about experiences. They're still catching people doing things they shouldn't. But it's not a lingering cloud on the city like it was prior to Conscious. Oh, definitely not. Conscious making moves. The George Clooney of policing. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, it's the bravest out there. Not it's, the not the finest. It's the firemen. Yeah. Okay. You you pay a membership fee for. Delivery to your house. You pay a membership fee monthly for delivery to your house. You pay a monthly fee for watching content on Netflix, Peacock, HBO Max, Prime, Disney. You pay a a monthly fee for your gym or your club. You pay a, a monthly fee or a transactional fee for your delivery groceries that's insane you pay a fee for your delivery of your food some people do what else what else am i missing here Mm. i mean you pay a, a digital fee for your books that are stored in the cloud not me not on your shelf right that's crazy 
What do we all, and you, people are paying fees for upgrades or additions in their vehicles. Like some of the luxury vehicles, if you want full components in your luxury vehicles, like heated seats, you're paying a, ma- a monthly fee for heated seats. It's insanity. Some folks aren't owning vehicles anymore. They're just Ubering. My brother, his wife, and two kids, they're considering completely ditching a family vehicle altogether. Live in Culver City, Los Angeles. I don't see how you could live in Southern California without They walk their kids to school. From their, it's a neighborhood school. He works for a major, you know, a, I won't say which one. In fact, there's limited things I can say when it comes to his work. It's a big company. Big company. She's a stay-at-home mom. He Ubers to and from the airport when he needs to travel, works remotely, hybridly, when he's not having to travel. There you go. Doesn't even need the vehicle. Rents a car if they need it for any extended period of time. What do we own now? And what's the fallout of owning nothing? Some people say less maintenance costs. Others say the ones that are paranoid and are conspiratory. What's the fallout of owning nothing? What's the fallout of a digitalized monetary society? Car wash membership, CWAG says. Mm -hmm. Kate Schart says, Judah, you are correct. I have her book. I'll let you borrow it, Jer. Your what? The book you're talking about. You are correct. Kate Sharp, 16 in the oh, family. Oh, Marie Kondo. What is the fallout? We've got to make sure that I mean, letter of intent gets sent. I mean, I remember I, very recently people getting angry with one or probably multiple of the streaming services because they just randomly decided, oh, we're going to take these off the, uh, off the, the rolls. And so, whereas in the past, like you have bought certain uh, certain movies or shows and you own them outright forever until somebody throws it across the room and scratches it all up you own that media but uh, if you were planning on watching some of the new shows that are only on the streaming service that they came out on and the streaming service decides oh you know i i experienced that we don't like that show anymore so it's gone i trey barham welcome to the program i i experienced that i i purchased on prime i purchased on prime uh michael keaton and the movie called the founder Hmm. i paid 19.95 to own the founder on prime for what i thought was forever uh, the story of McDonald's and Michael Keaton's uh, character, Ray Kroc, right? Yeah. It's Ray Kroc, right? Ray Kroc accent, uh, basically stealing the McDonald's concept from the McDonald's brothers. Hmm. Have you seen The Founder? No. Fantastic movie. I loved it. Paid 20 bucks to own it. I thought I would own it for perpetuity. Prime took it off their library. Prime, anyone see this if you're watching content on Prime? Now throwing in commercials on, on your content. Prime, you would pay the, the yearly fee for Prime. What's it, like a buck, 160, 170 bucks now? And you had this library of movie content that you thought you could access commercial-free forever. They changed the rules. Amazon will be owning our homes one day. I kid you not. They 
They they're selling homes. How many business on Amazon? They're selling homes. How many businesses have they destroyed? And then <clears throat> and and now, like we pointed this out uh, on one of our previous shows, we're getting uh, we're getting tripods that are made more and more poorly every time we order a new one. And this tripod, this tripod's a piece of crap. Down a little. This tripod studio camera is a piece of crap. We got this tripod from Amazon. We previously had all these other tripods that were made in America. Then Amazon sent us this tripod after we bought it and it's made in China and is a piece of crap. We've got a few of those ones. Piece of crap. Yeah, it's, uh, they're making them less and less, uh, well, I mean, I don't even know if, I don't even know if the, who the company is, perhaps the company was bought and sold, maybe Amazon owns the company now, <clears throat> but the same is true with streaming services. They changed the rules. The same is true with streaming services. Once they, once they got us all to cut the, cut the cable cord. Because, you know, it was great. You had these streaming services. If you, if you wanted to watch the content on Prime, you got Prime. If you wanted to watch the content on Hulu, you got Hulu. And the great thing was there were no ads when it first started. But now that they've got us all to cut the cable cord, and we all know cable is circling the drain, probably not going to survive long term, what do we have now? We've got ads just like we had on cable. And we didn't used to have ads until Amazon just changed the rules and said, you're going to have ads. And if you don't want ads, pay us $3.99 a month because they wanted an additional profit center. Do you guys remember the days of going to Blockbuster on Friday night when you were kids? Nothing better. Mom and dad would pick us up from school. My brother and I would go to Blockbuster Video. We would each get to rent one movie. Jerry, I was very mischievous, very troublemaker, always constantly in trouble. I'd sneak to the back of the blockbuster and I'd look into the adult section. I'd look around the corner and the look at the blockbuster had an adult section. I look at the nudie movies. I'd put my head around the corner and try to look at the nudie movies. If I had a little courage that day, I'd walk into the adult section and start perusing the titles until the blockbuster associate, or worse, Ma Dukes scream get out of the porn section jerry and then i had to balance the the embarrassment of being called out in the porn section of the blockbuster with the benefit of being in the porn section of blockbuster as a kid we'd go to blockbuster we get a pizza and we each get to rent one movie and we take them home and we get them for a week you know what movie night is now scroll netflix <laughs> I, I spend more time. I, in fact, I rarely go on on the streaming services anymore because you're spend, a unique animal, Judah. You're but, not the norm. You're a unique animal. No, but the point I was trying to make is that when I was on the streaming services, I spent more time scrolling through stuff, going, "Oh, that looks interesting," but I don't really want to. I don't really want to spend two and a half hours watching it right now. And after however long, an hour. I just say, okay, this isn't happening. Clint Eastwood, fantastic. Get off my lawn reference. Neil Williamson, love you. Love you, Neil Williamson. I got a 145 across town. Is that from Gran Torino? I, I think it is from Gran Torino. That's fantastic. It's an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie. Clint Eastwood's fantastic. Yeah. 
We're going to save the Dave Matthews band story for tomorrow. Make sure we reference that. That letter of intent's got to get out as soon as the show's over, please. I'm trying to close this deal. Dave Matthews Band, here's the story, nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll talk about your favorite Dave Matthews story on tomorrow's program. Craig Littlepage was on the Jerry and Jerry show earlier today, one of the best shows we have ever done, period, regardless of silo of content. Craig Littlepage, the man who hired Tony Bennett and Brian O'Connor, who've reshaped Virginia basketball and Virginia baseball. You got that sound ready to go? Happy birthday, John Blair, before I go. If you see John Blair around town, wish him a happy birthday. 46 years young today, John Blair. (coughs) Future city manager of Charlottesville, Virginia. I hope. Me, I hope, selfishly. You got Craig Littlepage sound? This is how we're going to close the Tuesday edition of the the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us. Listen to Craig Littlepage, who's soon to be inducted into the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame on the Jerry and Jerry show on his hiring of Tony Bennett at UVA. So long, everybody at the University of Virginia. Can you give us the flip book of the job interview? I mean, you talk about one of the most impactful hires in the history of the university here, and Coach Bennett. Um, As someone who bleeds orange and blue, my dad a UVA graduate, my brother went to UVA. You know, knock on wood over here, would love if the boys went to the University of Virginia. Hootie, probably the most significant moment in my Virginia experience in life was the national championship. Tears coming down my face, legitimately, when Virginia basketball won the national championship. Tears of joy. I'm getting emotional right now. I would love to get the, the flip book or the fly-on-the-wall perspective of the interview with Coach Bennett and what you saw and what struck you about Coach Bennett as a great leader for this program. Well, I, I think that the, the lead-up to the interview was, was equally interesting and important, but the interview itself, to your question... Uh, was nothing out of the ordinary except for the fact that we felt as though it was very important for not only Tony to be a part of that conversation, but also his wife, Laurel. And so John Oliver, our executive associate uh, AD, who did a lot of the work uh, behind the scenes to get us to that point that Tony and Laurel were here, John and I, Tony and Laurel, uh, were in a suite at the the Boar's Head Inn, and we spent maybe 90 minutes, two hours, just having a conversation and getting to know each other. And one of the things I remember Tony saying, not only in the interview, but in a lot of conversations that we had before he coached his first game, Craig, I, I just need to know that you're going to be comfortable in me doing it kind of my way, uh, and there are going to be some uh, challenging times, particularly early on, but I guarantee you that we can get the right kids here. Uh, we have all the resources that we need. It's a phenomenal school and a phenomenal league and a great area of the country, et cetera, et cetera. If you can work with me and handle some of the, 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 the down times that we are bound to experience, I think that we're going to be very successful here. Laurel was fully engaged in the conversation as well and giving us kind of a, uh, a perspective of her husband, the, the coach, and things that she felt as though we would need to know to help Tony and uh, his development of the program. So we were very comfortable once we made the decision and just you know, 
turning the reins over to Tony, knowing that he understood the program, he understood the university, clearly he understood the game, but he understood how he had to coach here at the University of Virginia. And it wasn't just a matter of getting a list of the top half dozen coaches in the country. It had to be somebody that was obviously a very good coach, but who understood the University of Virginia, understood the ACC, understood teaching, coaching these kinds of kids, et cetera.